Hello, Andre here. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. This episode finds you on the 7th of June, Tuesday. A very good morning to you. Welcome to our podcast. This morning, wherever this podcast finds you, whether you're on your way to work or you're buckled in at home today, I pray this blessing over you from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with you this morning. Amen. Let's begin today's podcast. Well, if you are a part of our church, you would be familiar with something we affectionately call our passion statement. The statement goes like this. We exist to help all people be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the works of Jesus in our city. And this is what we believe discipleship to be. Discipleship is not just a framework that you go through. It's not just a whole bunch of content that you internalize. It is looking at Jesus, not just as Savior, as grand and important as that is. It is also looking to Him as teacher. You know, my belief is Jesus came to earth as a man, fully God yet fully man, to show us what was possible, what kind of life was possible through yielding and walking with the Spirit. And He shows us how life ought to be lived. And we ought to look at Jesus as rabbi as teacher much like the early disciples did they looked at him and they longed to be with him but also to uh, become like him and to do what he did and it's until that end that we talk a whole lot about spiritual practices and disciplines as a church we did a lengthy series on that sometime uh, last year where we talked about 10 spiritual disciplines and practices that would help us be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what he did. Now, the word discipline is a word that brings up uh, different kind of uh, feelings for different people. Some of you love discipline. Perhaps you're an athlete, or you go to the gym, or in the military, you love the word discipline. And for some of you, the word discipline brings about uh, really kind of uh, negative feelings. You think oppression, you think limits, you think your own freedom is curtailed. And both are true uh, to some degree. Now, when I think about discipline, I think about discipline mainly in the things that I commit to do, right? And so I'm trying to get fit and trying to get healthy. So I discipline myself to eat a certain way, to make sure I go to the gym uh, X amount of times a week, drink water, get enough sleep, etc. But we all know that discipline is not just the things that you do, but it's also the things that you don't do, right? And so we think about disciplining ourselves, practicing spiritual disciplines in order that we may follow Jesus. We ought to think of it as a both end. It is both the things that we commit to do, but also the things that we commit not to do. And so one of the interesting things we get to do as we read the Gospels is we get to read of the various interactions and brushes that Jesus had with people and observe the things that he did as well as the things that he did not do. And one of the things I've noticed personally, even as I read the Gospels, is that Jesus was extremely controlled and thoughtful in his speech. As you read of various things that Jesus said in the various uh, situations and moments that he found himself in, you could almost read and, and feel the deliberation and the intent in his words. And that, along with the power of the Spirit, is why I believe his words were 
really powerful and often spoke to the people who heard it in the moment and still speaking to us today. Jesus was extremely thoughtful with his speech. We would see even occasions where Jesus chose to be silent. He chose to say little or not engage in senseless, non-edifying conversations. And so for us to truly live into the way of Jesus, we need to learn to discipline our speech, to practice talking like Jesus did, to talk like he would, but also at times to not talk like he would. And of course, to consider the content and the emotion we put behind certain words and certain things that we say and consider whether Jesus would himself indulge in that kind of talk, in that kind of conversation. Now, I'm sure most of us know the feeling of saying something and then later regretting it. Some of us feel it almost immediately, right? I often find myself uh, consistently beating myself up uh, over things that I've said to people that uh, might have come across stronger than I intended for it a bit, or I used the wrong choice of words and may have potentially communicated something that I didn't want to. I think many of us can uh, relate with that kind of feeling of regretting saying something. And oftentimes, you know, we regret saying that particular word or thing towards a person uh, because we often don't think about what we say before we say it. And this also leads us to think about Jesus's haunting teaching, that it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Meaning that what we say, the words that come out of our mouth, especially in situations and moments which are tense, which are trying, is an accurate reflection of our inner world for better or for worse. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so in our apprenticeship to Jesus, one of the central goals I believe the New Testament writers have a lot to say about this, is that we ought to curate our words, our conversations in such a way that it manifests the heart of Jesus in our speech. The foundational truth of godly speech is that it can only come from a godly heart. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus admonishes the Pharisees that a tree is known by its fruit. This is metaphorical speech. Jesus is comparing us to trees, saying that what we do and say is what defines us. Now, this is especially true in a digital age like our own. Once our words are in the world or in the social media space, there is little hope that we can take them back. And we're seeing this happen to various political candidates in this time because we are increasingly becoming known for our words. It's not uncommon in our media-driven culture to see videos of celebrities or politicians caught on a hot mic saying something that wasn't meant for the public. Theologian Francis Schaeffer used to say that we should all imagine wearing a microphone around our neck that records our every word and encounter. Now, can you imagine living in the world that way, right? as though there is a microphone around your neck 24-7 that is blasting and projecting all of your words to uh, every ear in the known world, would it change the kind of conversations that you are having? Because here's the truth. Someone is always listening. 
Now, I'm not talking about your phones being bugged or the government is spying on you. I'm not talking about that someone. What I'm saying today is God listens. The spirit who is in you and around you is listening on your every conversation, be it uh, a conversation with a close group of friends, be it vain, idle chatter with your spouse, or be it even secret conversations that you keep in your heart. The spirit is listening. And we should all live with the kind of care and consideration of our words as though we have a hot mic around our necks because in some ways we do. The Spirit listens to every word we utter. And the Bible tells us this, that we will be judged. We will be evaluated by every word that comes out from our mouth. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk, and this means non-edifying, non-godly talk, come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, I'm so convicted by that because I tend to shoot my mouth off. I tend to not think before I talk. And I certainly do not consider whether my speech, in the words of Paul, builds up others according to their needs and benefit all who listen. That isn't even part of my frame of thinking, my frame of mind, even as I speak. Paul in that text is inviting the church in Ephesus and all of us living in our modern digital age today to consider the impact of our words on others over and against our desire to say them. I'll say that again. He is calling for us to consider the impact of our words on others over and against our desire to say them. Right? We've all, we're all familiar with this uh, statement, right? I want to get something off my chest. And we often say that to kind of caveat or preempt people to our insensitivity, to maybe blind rage and strong emotion. But Paul seems to suggest that we shouldn't speak in order to just feel better for doing it, but we should do so because it is better, it is beneficial for others. If we are to accept Paul's invitation here, we must focus on other people, on he who is listening before even opening our mouths. Because words really matter, right? The Bible has loads to say about the tongue, about words in it is life and death. And intentional words matter all the more, just as Jesus was intentional and careful and deliberate with his words. We as believers are called to that same kind of intentionality. We cannot be careless. We need to speak and be defined and distinguished as the people of God by careful words. Literally words that are full of care. And this is what I believe the Apostle Paul, through writing the Church of Ephesus, is admonishing for us, believers of Christ, to endeavor towards. And so we need this kind of careful consideration, thought, and honestly spirit-led, spirit-directed speech towards others. And we see that in the life of Jesus, don't we? Jesus always seemed to have just the right word for just the right time. He knew what each person could receive or not receive. He knew when to rebuke 
or when to comfort. He knew when to teach or when to give a strong direction. Jesus had the right word for the right time. And so this takes me to one of the first things I would suggest for you to do and pick up as a practice, even as we endeavor, all of us endeavor, to grow more, to be better in our speech, in our conversation, in the words that we direct to others. And it's for us to be prepared, both mentally and spiritually, before meeting with others, before talking with other people. And this is especially so when hard, tough conversations need to be brought up. Right, prepare for the meanings that you want to have. Don't simply react or speak out of your mind. I do believe spontaneity and keeping it casual is overrated on many levels. Be prepared. Ask for the Spirit to lead and direct you even in your words to help you bridle your tongue from saying that which is unedifying, does not build out, does not benefit the other. Ask for the Spirit to give you the right words for the right time, that you wouldn't speak out of a place of just getting it off your chest, but you would speak with love, with care, with a heart of consideration for the other. And the next thing we should learn to do better is to speak, to carry others' loads and not to add to them. In the Gospel accounts, we read of how the Pharisees would speak to people. They spoke to them as though they were camels, right? Putting on them heavy, cumbersome loads. And this is what Jesus says of them. Jesus said that the Pharisees tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulder. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. And in contrast, we, as the people of God, can speak to help liberate and free each other and not further weigh one another down. This doesn't mean that we should not speak hard things or even process the challenges we are going through with people with trust. We should definitely continue to do so. But we must use discernment. We need that spirit-led, spirit-filled, spirit-directed way of talking. We need discernment in knowing when to speak heavy things to people and when to exercise restraint. Our goal in speech should be to build one another up, to carry each other's burdens and not to add to them. And this leads me to the last practice I'd like to call you to, and it's the practice of passing along good news, of celebrating the good in life, in our world, in each other's world, to make much of good news. Today, we've become habituated to focus on the negative, aren't we? We all know people who seem particularly negative and we don't enjoy spending much time with them. But we also know people who seem to always be positive and spending time with them is immensely life-giving. And some of this positivity, uh, you can chalk it up to personality, but much of it is how your brain is trained to interact with others. Now, our habits define us. We have the power to shape our habits in order to shape our lives. And so a great habit to pick up in this time is to practice passing along good news. Don't just forward the latest sensationalized article about so-and-so. Don't just forward bad news, but make much of the good in our world. Endeavor to incorporate, to infuse your conversations uh, with people with good news, with stuff worth celebrating, with stuff that inspires and provokes faith, hope, and love in the other. 
going back to what Paul says again, he says, speak in a manner that is helpful for building up others. And as I mentioned, we all have loads in life. We all lead really heavy lives, don't we, right? There's much that is cause for worry in our lives. And that is why we need godly conversations. We need brothers and sisters who would speak to us, who we will speak to, to inspire hope, to build each other up such that we may stand firm, resolute in Christ in trying times. We need godly conversations today. We need to talk and to not talk like Jesus. I'll end off with a definition of godly speech from A.J. Soboda. He says this, Godly speech is the manifestation of a heart that seeks to glorify God and bring about good in this world. It is speech that comes from trained patterns or habits of communication that rein in destructive talk and promote healthy conversations. Godly speech occurs when we act like sprinklers, taking the grace of God in our hearts, distributing it widely into the world around us, making it green. What a vision for what we get to do with the words that we speak, that we get to dispense the grace of God that we have so freely received in our hearts to the world around us, to this world, to which we know is filled with hurt, with pain, with sorrow. We get to dispense the grace of God on dry, barren lands, making it green once again. Let's be godly in our speech. And so as we close off this podcast, I'd like for us to spend some time this morning inviting the grace of God into our lives. This day may be filled with tough conversations for you already. You might have conversations with your colleagues, with your family members, with your bosses today, and you are considering and wondering how you can be godly in your speech, even in those moments, even in those tough conversations. And maybe you often struggle with being positive in your speech. Well, let's take a few moments this morning and invite God's grace to come and meet us in our weakness, to empower us. God never calls us to do something that He does not give us the grace for. He empowers us by His Spirit so that we may live in accordance with His will. One of the central realizations, key realizations that we have to come to as Christians is that we cannot do it on our own. We need God his spirit, his grace to help us. So this morning, in light of all that we have heard, and in light of all that we are trying to work towards to, let's ask for God's grace this morning. I invite you to get into a position that is comfortable for you, whether it be standing, sitting down, or lying down. And in your own way, ask of God's grace this morning ask of his grace it can be a simple sentence that you utter from your lips asking for his grace or a silent prayer in your heart and as you do so i invite you today to open up the palms of your hands as though you're receiving a gift from god put it out in front of you put your hands out in front of you and as you do so picture god giving his grace to you as though it is a present picture receiving his grace and feel almost a kind of weight on your hands this morning and after you have done so i invite you to take the palms of your hands and put it onto your heart 
and say, I receive your grace, O God. I receive your grace, O God. Let's spend a few moments this morning doing so. Awesome. Thanks so much for doing so. Let me pray for you even as you begin your day. Lord Jesus, we ask for your grace and your help, even as we endeavor to speak, to talk like you do. God, give us opportunities in our conversations with people, both the casual ones and the tough ones, to dispense your grace. Help us, O oh God, to bridle our tongue from senseless talk, from vain arguments, and help us instead to declare and proclaim your promises into a world that is so desperately in need of them. Help us to sprinkle your grace into a dry and weary land. Help us to be conduits of your will and of your love in our planet through our speech. We ask for your help this day. Give us grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily Speak Well today. Have a great day. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.